You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have a great guest with me here today, Brett Trambley of GetStepTop.com. Brett co-founded this company. They primarily work with small law firms, help them step up as the name entails. And I think the biggest benefit of having the right people, getting the right people in the right seats is that you can help law firms, or you do help law firms rather, get the right people in the right seats so that they can grow faster and What's even more importantly, I know thousands of lawyers. I've never met a lawyer who said, I'm not busy. I've never met a lawyer who said, I have too few things on my plate. I've never said, met a lawyer who would say, man, I wish there was more responsibility. Everyone is terribly busy. Everyone wears multiple hats. It's rare that you meet a lawyer who says, my business can be sold effectively today in one person. You just need one person to take over all of my responsibilities. So talk to me about how you co-founded this company and who you usually work with and how do people measure like ROI on investment of having you do the work for them? Yeah, sure. So I'm glad to touch on all those things. First of all, Sasha, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Second of all, I am a lawyer, and I think that's important because the, the other thing is important. I have an active law firm. We have anywhere from 10 to 12 attorneys, depending on the week, uh, in Miami, Florida. And the reason I think that's important is because a lot of uh, you know people who are now trying to give advice are, are lawyers who never really practiced. And I, I just think that for credibility-wise, you know, I think people like to know that. So in 2018, after growing you know, my firm at a substantial clip, me and a friend who's also a lawyer decided to start a virtual staffing company because we found that the talent in Latin America was really good. It was, you know, it was hard to find and it's even harder now to find good staff. We don't do lawyers and we don't do paralegals, but we do the rest of, of, of this, you know, all positions at a law firm. And so, you know, we saw a need and, and we went for it. And, and the first few years, our conversations with attorneys was, it, yes, it's okay to work with somebody virtually. You use Zoom and Google Meet and all these things, right? And that was our biggest, um, that and, well, is it ethical and can you do that? That was, that was like every day, those are the conversations we were having. And then the pandemic hit and it's just like, complete, in a good way for us anyway, just wiped out our biggest objections. And then it was like, can we fill orders fast enough? And so we just absolutely exploded during the pandemic and here we are. So I, I, you asked me three questions. I think the last one you said was doing work for it. Can you clarify the last question that you had? Yeah, absolutely. So, so everything in business, right? So when I think about selling professional services, mm-hmm. any B2B situation, you're buying professional services for one of three reasons or a combination of them. Number one, increase revenue number two cut costs number three and this applies to larger businesses it's grow your market share so when a law firm hires my team and we do marketing it's to increase revenue it's very rare that they hire us to cut costs yeah but when they hire you it is to usually i would assume increase revenue because more people the right people in the right places will help them grow that revenue while freeing up their time 
Yeah. So, you know, ours is, is unique because it's actually increased revenue, but it's also cutting costs because when you hire offshore, you're spending 25% to like a third of what you would onshore. And as, as, as you probably know, and a lot of your clients know, you can increase your revenue, but when your overhead just stays on par with your revenue, like what's the point? And then it's more stressful to have a bigger nut and to have, but have just as thin margins. It's like, what's the point? And so, um, you know, it's really, it's really two, two of those three. I had somebody tell me one time it, it was the rare win, 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 because we are able to be everywhere and it's cheaper and it's better. And, you know, that's kind of kind of the, the argument with with healthcare or anything else is it can either be readily available or it can be cheap or it can be good. It can be usually two of those things, but not all three. And and, you know, this person pointed out, like, you guys are all three of those things. And I was like, wow, that's a, a really great compliment. And, and I, I would agree with that. That makes perfect sense. I know this firsthand because we have two production offices based in Eastern Europe. I don't know how much you know about marketing, but all things digital marketing other than data collection are incredibly labor intensive. Mm -hmm. The reason why so many marketing companies fail to deliver substantial results for their clients is you need to have tremendous amount of labor to effectively complete compete. Yeah. For most small law firms, buying that much labor is simply not affordable. So what we can deliver because our two, and these are our own team, we do not outsource it. We actually have two offices in Eastern Europe and they're our people working under our letterhead, name yeah. of the company, everything is the same. We can deliver eight times more labor than when clients pay us in US rates because our parity between what we pay in payroll here in Chicago and what we pay there in Eastern Europe is one to eight. So yeah. I can hire one full-timer here or eight full-timers there. And one of the selection criteria for our people there is that they have to speak English very, very, very well. And guess what? There are a lot of people who speak English very, very, very well. And they're very smart. They're very educated. And they know exactly what they're doing. And and I think this is an important point. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think one of the reasons why it's not only cheap or cheaper, but it's also good, because a lot of people in the U.S., frankly, don't give a shit about their jobs anymore. They can yeah. just hop from one company to another. Mm -hmm. It's not the same in Latin America. It's not the same in Eastern Europe. People do not hop from one job to another. They really care. So they really give a shit. So arguably, they can deliver much better quality service to their employer, better outcome. And they care more about the job. Is that the same case for you guys when, when you outsource? Absolutely. And, and part mm -hmm. of our pitch is, even if you wanted to hire domestically, it, it costs you three to four times as much, when, especially when you consider all of the, the withholding and the, and the payroll taxes and all that, all that stuff. Um, that people don't factor in, right? There's like 30 to 40% hidden costs. Um, but you're going to get someone who who's more loyal, who works harder, and who's actually appreciative of the job, meaning they'll have a better attitude. It is right, impossible. Right. It is nearly impossible anyway to hire here in the U.S. for administrative level positions and expect that person to just be with you for, for long term because those positions don't pay enough. So, it, you know, it really it makes sense. Um, and, and, you know, something you touched on was the English. I mean, the, the English, a lot of companies that do what we do are out of the Philippines. And the reason we're not is because we found, you know, first of all, everybody else is. So whenever everyone else is swerving right, you should swerve left, right? And second of all, the English is phenomenal. 
the accent. A lot of our people, you can barely tell, have an accent. Um, the education, the time zone, it just matches up better with culturally with what we're trying to do for our law firm clients. And the other thing, you know, because because we have a similar concept as you, but a different model. So we're not an outsourcing company, right? We don't we don't take the work like you do and do it. We find people full time to place in your law firm, and then we stay on as the payroll and the HR provider. But you're, you know, you get that person forty hours a week. So whether it's your executive assistant, your your full time receptionist who can have bandwidth to do other things, your billing assistant, your intake coordinator, which is a hugely important piece of a law firm, your legal assistant, your client concierge, what have you. Those are the positions that we're placing full-time in law firms. That makes perfect sense. What are the top three positions that you fill? The top three is the, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the executive assistant. That's the first one that anybody should, you know, should do. And then it's the receptionist and the intake coordinator. The reason those are so important is, and, and you're probably familiar with this as, as a marketer, right? You can do all the marketing in the world and drive leads, but if, the client doesn't have a system or the people to take on the business and to convert the business from a lead to a sale to a client, then what's the point? You're just flushing all that money down the toilet, right? You do all this great marketing and then somebody calls and says, oh, hey, this is the Sasha Burson law firm. You know, I want to work with you guys. Nobody answers the phone. They answer. It's, a, it's an answering service. It just takes a message. There's no callbacks. There's no follow-up. There's no system or the lawyer tries to do it themselves. I mean, the amount of differentiation that a law firm can do to help them grow just by fixing their intake system is it's just so easy. It's low hanging fruit. It's you. It's usually that's what's preventing lawyers and law firms from growing more. It's their intake system. Let, let me quantify this, by the way. So we have a sales force. That's an internal sales force. And the reason why we have an internal sales force is we draw ton of interest for our services through SEO and pay-per-click advertising, mm -hmm. but organic growth is always kept. So you have to have a sales department. So our sales department calls on law firms, small law firms. Approximately 32% of all calls go get this unanswered. Meaning somebody calls your office and there is no one answering the phone. Like if you're listening to this and, and you think that that doesn't happen in your office, check. Yeah. We got an awesome system install, installed. We installed for all of our clients called CallRail yeah. and track stats for like two weeks. You'll be stunned. Like, yeah. like here's how stunned you're going to be. Let's quantify this further. Like really break it down. This is the importance of having an incredibly well-oiled intake machine. Imagine that your receptionist or your answering service, if you're not using a great answering service, misses only 20% of all calls. Half of the calls that you get are potential clients. And one out of four potential clients becomes a client. Let's say that you have somewhat of a busy law office and you get 100 phone calls. Out of those 100 phone calls, 50 are potential clients. 20 are missed, 20%. So that's 10 calls that are missed. And you close one out of four potential clients and they become paying clients. Mm -hmm. So out of 10 missed calls, 
from potential clients, you're missing out on two and a half cases per month. Multiplied by 12 months, well, that's 30 cases. Average case value on the law end, unless you do like bankruptcy law or real estate law. For most other lawyers, average case value, let's call it $5,000. Yeah. For family law attorneys, it's going to be higher. For personal injury attorneys, it's going to be higher. But if you do estate planning or criminal defense, a lot of DUI cases and then some, it's going to be 5K. $5,000 times 30 cases that you missed out on because nobody answered the call when the phone was ringing, $150,000 a year. You practice law for 10 years, $1.5 million went somewhere else Yeah, because somebody missed phone calls. For the silliest reason ever. The silliest reason ever. And, and, and like you're, you're, you're preaching my message right now. It is so inconceivable that, and I, but I have this horror story too. I, I had a, a, a missed call when I first started my firm. A, a guy called back three times and left me a message every time. I didn't know how my phone system worked. I was horrified when later on I, I actually was able to capture the message and, I, and I, I couldn't believe it. So we've all been there. But the important thing is realizing and then doing something about it. Because as you grow, that 30 cases per year turns into 40 and 50 because your marketing's working, right? So you're, so you're getting, you're missing more calls. I have a whole section in my book about why you should never use an answering service as your primary phone system. You should use them as backup. You know, I won't go into my whole soapbox there, but no, no, but, but can, you tell, can you tell us real quick why 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 do you believe that? Yeah, because because your clients aren't dummies, right? They know when the person answers the phone to go law firm. Oh, is uh you know Sasha available? Um, hold on, and and they're following a script. They don't know how to say your name. They don't know your schedule. So so really, they go well. Let me let me schedule a call back for you, right? Which then you need to rely on that person to to know your calendar which costs more money and then and then to actually send you the message and someone still needs to call that person back anyway and if you don't have a receptionist it's probably going to be you and now you've completely wasted your time because you as the attorney should never get on the phone with a potential client or that client won't value your your time or your expertise at all it's like a doctor what if a cardiologist called you back like oh hey sasha this is you know Dr. Trembley, hoping you're coming for heart surgery soon, you, 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 you would run the other way, right? Because that doctor should be busier. The, the amount, I, there's one company out there I know that does a good job, but you've got to pay them so much, you can hire almost three full-time receptionists for that price. Who is that? Offshore, right? Uh -huh. And so, so when, you come, when it comes back to it, I mean, I had a friend who was paying 5,500 a month for you know, a, a phone company who is taking their calls, doing messages and doing callbacks. And I'm like, you could have a full-time or two full-time receptionists. And while one's not answering the phone, they've got all this extra capacity to do more things that your law firm needs. So it's just really, really silly to have, uh, you know, to, to trust such a, a delicate and important thing like answering phones, although it doesn't sound that important. It is so crucially important for the growth of your law firm, which you pointed out numbers wise and quantified it to trust that to an outside company, you know, and I know this business now. So most reception companies, whoever just happens to get the phone, like they have so many people working there, the phone rings, their, their system lights up and they're just the person who happens to get it. Right. So they don't know you and your system. They're not familiar. And your clients know that when, when they're calling someone and it's different every time. 
So the companies who say, oh no, we have one person for every five law firms or 10 law firms, they cycle through those people so fast anyway that it's they're constantly new and constantly training. So in order to train those people really well, they need to charge a premium. And again, you can get an amazing English speaking full-time receptionist offshore. So your phone rings offshore and it sounds just the same. It works just the same as somebody who's down the hall from you, uh, again, for the same or less than you would an answering service. And you're going to get 10 times the quality plus extra capacity. Super interesting. I've actually never thought about it this way, but this makes a lot of sense. So, so when you get an offshore intake specialist or intake specialist, whatever you call them, whether it's receptionist or intake specialist, you can increase your revenue because they're always there. You can cut your cost because they're going to stick around for longer. Mm -hmm. They're not going to cycle through as U.S.-based employees. Some, not all, but some U.S.-based employees will do, especially when it comes to younger generations. They have jobs. They totally do, right? Like someone who is in their 20s now might be switching a job every eight to 12 months. It's kind of like a car course, right? So, yeah. so increase revenue, cut costs, because you do not have that turnover. And in addition to that, you cut costs on the actual payroll. This is significantly less expensive, uh, three to four times less expensive. Talk to me about executive position. What was right. Before we move on, let me make one more point. Because you said closing 25%. That's actually pretty low for a law firm that has a good intake system. Because what you don't have is follow-ups. Follow-up is where the magic happens. Follow-up is where you, you turn your conversion rate from 25% to 50%. And it's critical that your receptionist is not the same person is your intake specialist because the, the receptionist answers the phone but oh no let me get you on the phone with our intake specialist who will walk you through everything we do so now that person's elevated you've already told the caller that we have someone in place who can answer all their questions who's who's a higher position whose job it is to set the consultation with the attorney so the attorney's not part of any any of the attorney's time shouldn't be part of any of this so far so it's just critical to, to, to realize that with a good intake system, you can increase that 25% conversion to 40% to 50%. So by not hiring, and, and I make this argument in, in my book uh, that just came out, right? Uh, we haven't really talked about that yet, but it's, it's not like hiring someone costs you money. You're losing 150,000, I would argue $300,000 with that kind of call volume by not making the right hire. Quite possible. I didn't look at that that way, and that makes a lot of sense. But let's dive for a second, and I really do want to talk about your book. But yeah. before we move there, executive assistants, what are the typical tasks that executive assistants handle for your clients? So an executive assistant should be the first hire that any attorney makes. And, and attorneys, we can spend all day long, and I'm not exaggerating, just lost in our email. And, and we'll feel real busy, right? Because we'll be emailing people, clients, posing counsel, you know, uh, referral sources all day long and, and feel like we got a lot done, but that's just the hamster wheel problem, right? You're running real hard, but you're in the same spot as you started. So they should manage your email. They should manage your calendar. They should answer your phones until you are able, or you pull the trigger on your second hire, which should be a receptionist. And they should handle, you know, like, like you should never, you should never call someone when when you have an appointment that person should place the call and then patch through they should email that person five minutes before and the day and the day before making sure that you're still on for that appointment they should schedule your appointments for you 
I mean, you're talking three hours per day, just put back on your plate automatically with one hire. Yeah, let me quantify this a little further because I love data and I interview so many yeah. people on the podcast that actually do have like hard <laughs> data. Right. Six, eight months ago, I interviewed a fascinating guy. He is an in-house attorney who became, man, he is just a brilliant technology mind. He is an internal person at Clio, okay. the most widely used practice yeah. management software. Because they have something like 30,000 law firms using their software, they have a lot of data. So one of the pieces of data that blew my mind when Joshua Lennon shared this, look up his podcast, I forget what episode it is, but probably like sometime in 2022. He said that we examine data from thousands of law firms, thousands of lawyers, tens of thousands of lawyers, and here's what we saw. Before they fully embraced use of the software, a typical attorney, did 1.7 hours of billable work per day yeah per day so even if you work just eight hours a day which most attorneys don't they work longer than eight hours per day and all you bill for is slightly more than an hour and a half what happened to the other six and a half hours where did it go getting an executive assistant may cut down on administrative shit it's not of a test, it's shit. You shouldn't be like, you're an attorney. Yeah. You spent six, seven years in school in today's dollars, 2023 $20, dollars. This is 300 plus thousand dollar investment, an ungodly amount of hours to pass that bar. Why are you doing something that's worth $7 an hour? Yeah, you, Sasha, it's like you wrote my book for me. So in, in the first chapter, it's exactly what I say. I, I, I quote the fact that most most small firm attorneys bill about 1.5 hours per day. But, you know, even if it's 1.7, but that's not what we collect. And I, and I have a whole chapter dedicated right. to a billing, a billing specialist, because when you're trying to do your own collections, oh, man, the human emotions, right? You don't want to do it. You don't want to put the invoice together. Even if you're using Clio, right? You got a batch bill and then you got to review everything, make sure it's worded properly. So you don't send them, you don't send them. And you're like, I'll come in on Saturday, but then you get busy since the next Saturday. So by the time you go to send them, you feel bad because it's late. And then you feel bad anyway, because you know it's a high amount. And then you didn't warn the person. So now you're giving discounts, you're writing time off and you're really collecting about an hour per day. And that's exactly what I was doing. That's exactly That's what the stats is yeah, horrible. Like you said, you, you, you're spending your time. I was spending so much time my first year doing $10 an hour tasks, thinking that I was saving money. It was costing me so much money. So when I hired my first person, I doubled my law firm revenue the very next month, not six months later, not three months later, the very next month. And I thought it was this weird phenomenon. And then you, it's just simple math. Instead of collecting one hour per day, I was collecting two because I hired one person and I had all this extra time. Yeah, some some attorneys I would assume would have an objection to this, and that objection would probably sound like, "Yeah, but if I'm going to take on an executive assistant, I'm going to spend money on them. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get more billable work." And to that, even if you don't, I would still argue that you will buy so much of your time. You'll make even if you do not take on more billable work, you'll make close to what you're making right now. But all of a sudden. Two thirds of your day is free to develop to do whatever the hell it is that you want to do. To to bring to bring on more to do a little bit of marketing or networking, so you will bring on more billable work. But even unless you only have two clients, 
you have more work than one billable hour per day. So you, have, you like people don't realize how much work they have that they're just not getting to. Because I understand that that point, which is, well, how do I know I have any more work? I won't have any more work, so I can't pay this person. So, so instead of making 10 grand per month, now I'll be only making eight because I'm paying this. That's not the way it works. These people not hiring costs you money. 100%. It's a really hard mindset to overcome. But once you do, the only thing that you will keep on thinking is, well, you'll beat yourself up over not having done it years ago. Yeah. Because you, you probably have heard this thought before, this idea was shared before, and you just didn't pull the trigger. And more often than not, it's either complacency or fear, fear of just change or fear of, yeah, but I'm going to have an additional expense, which again, like I'm 100% with you, Brad. It's, it's not an additional cost. Yeah. It's, it's a freedom multiplier. For, for me, it was fear of failure. And it's also that your emotions are so tied up with your revenue that you, you, you're terrified. You're like, oh, I can't deal with someone because you, you're already stretched so thin. Like you were saying, there's no time for your family. You're always busy. You're always overworked. Yeah, I can't even deal with that. I can't even hire. So you're right. It's not the first time someone's heard this. And it, it took me a few times. And like, I can't quite pin down the right words so that when someone does hear it from me, it it clicks every time. Like I, I, I'm so, I struggle for years finding those magic words so that whoever's listening to this, Sasha, me and you are like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. For some reason, our subconscious, which is designed to protect our egos and make us feel better, we put up all these barriers. So it's like good idea and we're just shielding ourselves. No, no, that's not me. It can't be me. I can't save time. I can't make more money. And it, it's, it's, it's like heartbreaking and frustrating all at the same time. Yeah, I have a friend, Sam Malay. He's been on this podcast as well. He's the founder of a virtual law firm. It's a training platform for small law firm owners, and he teaches them how to build what you're proposing, a virtual law firm where your staff does not all sit in one office, where you save a ton of time, a ton of energy. By the way, things like dealing with billing doesn't give you extra energy. Drains you of energy. You're a lawyer. You don't want why why are you doing billing? Mm -hmm. Who feels good sending out invoices and reminding clients to pay them? It's a dreaded experience. Yeah. It also kind of downgrades you in the eyes of your clients. Yeah, you're exactly period. Just like the doctor. What what if what if your heart surgeon sent you a bill and asked you to pay? You 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 you'd have a, a physical like that doesn't make any sense. Like, oh shit, I, I have the work, I need to go, I need to run. And that's the same reaction people have from attorneys when they're so small, they're doing everything. They don't respect you more. They're looking at you like this person doesn't have their shit together. The only possible reason they would want to work with you is they think they can get you for way cheaper. That, that, that makes so much sense. There was a story, I read it somewhere, heard it somewhere many years ago. This prospect, it's a big case, goes in to interview this like, top-notch law firm goes into the conference room sits there with lawyers for hours they talk about the case i mean this is a big case yeah he leaves the firm and then he ends up not hiring them the partner who was there pulls on the guy and he's like why didn't you hire us we're the best of the best 
He's like, I know that's what I've been told that you're the best of the best, but the better is that your conference room is adjacent to your reception area. I was there for four hours. Your receptionist was there and your phone never rang. How good could you possibly be if your phone doesn't ring for four hmm. hours? Perceptions create reality. Yeah. So if you're doing your own billing, maybe you also clean up the office, maybe you do something else. How good of an attorney can you be? You want somebody who you perceive as incredibly busy yep. doing important work and doing billing and follow up on billing. It's not. No. It's important for the business. It's not important for a good attorney. So yeah. and, and yeah. I make I make that exact point in my book. And I'm I'm not I'm not trying to, to interrupt your plug, but uh, I just really excited because this book right here, 24 months to freedom. Uh, you can't read the subtitle, how modern law firms use smarter staffing solutions to fast track their way to success just came out two weeks ago. And I make, I make so many of the points that you're making, right? The perception that you're creating, it's, it's all right here. And I, and I'm laying out a timeline uh, and I know 24 months, everybody wants the five minute answer, right? Not the, not the real work answer. But um, yeah, I lay out the timeline, the money, how much you can expect to make and, and all the reasons why right there. I want to read the book. Is it on Amazon? Yes, it's on Amazon. But for your listeners, Sasha, we created a landing page. It's getstaffedup.com slash Sasha Burson. So if you go there, then uh, there's a link to the book, which is a link to Amazon and also a discount code in case anybody's you know really intrigued and wants to work with us. I want the book. I'm going to the landing page. I love consuming. I have, at the present moment, I have this book for lawyers, this book for lawyers, wow. and this book for lawyers. They're all on my desk. Okay. And this is like, I actually already read this one. It's a good book about virtual law firms. I do have some areas that I've highlighted because I need to implement them myself. Okay. So once I'm done with this, then I'm going to the next book. But your book? I'm getting it. That's that's awesome. Well, that that's why people hire you. You're a student of the game, and that's that's what matters. Oh, you have to be. And this is another point. Like once you free yourself up from doing those seven, eight, ten dollar an hour tasks, one of the things, and I find this to be such a big differentiator for attorneys that do very well versus most others, is that the those that do incredibly well, they usually have business acumen, and the only way to develop a business acumen, none of us are for it. But the way to is by reading books, watching webinars, going to seminars, all those things. So free up your and study business and develop a better law firm, better business that could be sellable. Most law firms are not sellable. Yeah. When you're ready to retire, you can't sell it. Nobody wants it, right? Because there are no systems. Having the right people in the right places replaces you in some things, some ways. It gives you a lot of freedom, so I definitely highly recommend it. Check out the website, getstaffedup.com. Check out the book. There's that special offer at getstaffedup.com slash Sasha Burson. Um, any parting words? No, I just, I really enjoyed talking to you today because we, we see eye to eye in so many of these things. And there, I don't think there's a problem that exists that hasn't already been solved and put in a book. So I just want to echo what you said about you know, reading early on is really what helped me change my law firm and my outlook and get over that fear of failure. So I completely agree with you. And those sound like good books. You know, I really hope 
mine's good. And if you read it and give me feedback, Sasha, I would love it. And uh, thanks for having me on. My absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Brad. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, growlawfirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.